Hello and welcome to the Nintendo Switch UK podcast. It's episode 185. I'm Mike. I'm Al. And I'm Anton. And uh, for once, you're you're no longer in a suitcase. How are you doing? Feeling good stretching your legs, Mike? Um, yes, definitely. I mean, I'm I'm using my actual podcasting equipment, not in my studio, but in the kitchen. So it's still a bit echoey, but it's certainly a lot better than it has been um, in the previous weeks that I've managed to be on the show. But I'm just happy to be back, to be honest, and to be talking about nonsense for once and also switch stuff but you know mostly nonsense um have it's, you it's nice having you back and your sort of burps in half with your sentences it's always it's because i'm <laughs> it's because i'm drinking a beer i think it's a nervous thing it's weird like i don't it's just whenever i'm talking on a microphone suddenly i start burping which is not very really good when i had a whole career on radio but never mind you know that's probably why both my listeners switched off um so oh have you had a switch tastic week in all honesty not Really, actually, uh, I did play a little bit, and as much as I played some more Lego Jurassic Park with the kiddo, and that was always good fun. We're making our way slowly through there, and he and I also played a bit of Turtles Shredder's Revenge, and my other hand, I played another, I think, nine holes of Mario Golf. But that's about the extent of my switching this week. It has been quite poor. What about you, Anton? Uh, similarly, I've been quite poor on my switching front. Um, I almost was able to put down American Truck Simulator and then they put all the DLC on sale. In other news, I'm also bankrupt. So, uh, you know, it's been a busy week. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Mike? Regale us with your gaming prowess. Um, well, I have played a little bit. I haven't played as much as I would like, uh, but I have done a bit more on Danganronpa because I'm very interested now to play through it. Because Anton was so scathing of the writing, uh, and I don't know how far you got, Anton. How far into it did you go? Oh, I only got like an hour in. Um, I I didn't really get my teeth sunk into the gameplay, but it was just drowning me in story and I wasn't quite enjoying the story. Does it pick up at all? Um, well, I'm only, I mean, I've played some of it before, but this is the first time I'm going to try and actually commit to getting through it. And I'm about um, a couple of hours in. And yes, I mean, I, I, we are more excited. It's, it's starting to pick up, but I've heard certainly from our Patreons and people that have told me about the virtues of Danganronpa. It is my kind of game anyway, but I think most people sort of say it's one that sort of grows as the game continues, which I don't always think is the best selling point, but um, I'll be excited to to get a little further down the line and I'll I'll report back in good time, probably about three years time. You know what I'm like? (laughs) You'll get there. You're just going to get through your 500 or more other games you bought as well. Uh, No, I'm going to go on a a detox in 2023 and just not buy any games. That's a lie, but in my head, that's what I'm Gonna do so. We shall see. There's the burp again. Honestly, what is the worst thing? Right, well, while you're burping, I'm gonna use the opportunity to bring up our newest patron because we got a new patron this week, which is always lovely. Ah. Yay! So woo-hoo! I think it's only only right that we give a big shout out, patron woohoo, to Jeremy. Woo woo Hi, Jeremy. Welcome. If, if I'm right, I think Jeremy is on the other side of the planet from us. I think wow. Jeremy might be in Australia simply because of the currency that Jeremy is paying for in uh, his patron with. So I think he's the other side of the world, which is kind of cool. Or he could just, just be doing it just to to set, set to throw us off track. That's what I was trying to say, you know, just to keep it all, you know, hidden. He could it's be, like using but, a VPN to pay. That's what it yeah, is. See, yeah, it seems, seems a bit convoluted, but you never know. Um, he's actually right. in Bognor Regis. <laughs> Bognor Regis, Sydney. Uh, <laughs> so uh, before we do get started, nsukp.co.uk, find out everything you need to know about the podcast. If you'd like to join as one of our Patreons, there are a bunch of extra podcasts that you get every month. Plus, you will uh, eventually become a member of our uh, Sacred Mug Club, which after six months you will be able to join and you'll get uh, limited edition goodies when we send them out, basically. So that's all very exciting. But I think We'll come back onto that a bit, a bit later in the show. I think we should get started because there's a lot of news this week. So let's get started with the news. Tell us the people want to know. SNK have announced Neo Geo Pocket Color Selection Volume 2 for the Switch. It's self-published and it includes 10 classic games. It's out now. It's thirty five ninety nine, But given the prices of Neo Geo Pockets, maybe not such a bad price, Anton. Indeed, you know... It is probably the cheapest way you're going to experience this game if you're not planning on pirating. 
especially as it does include a Mega Man title, one that is incredibly expensive on the Neo Geo Pocket Color itself. And it's very exciting to see them be able to get a third-party title as part of this collection. Quite often when we have collections of classic games ported over onto a modern system, it's just the first-party stuff and you're like, that game's iconic from the system, why don't they have it? And it's born copyright stuff. But in this case, we have two Capcom titles and form of all the card games and Mega Man and I'm delighted to see it. It is very, 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 very expensive for 10 games, especially in light of the most recent Atari 50 collection, but it's an alright package, Al. It is. I mean, if you break it down as 10 games for £35, that's three fifty game, and actually that doesn't sound that unreasonable. And let's face it, these were all pretty good games at the time. None of them were sort of the lightweight dross. They've actually put together a decent little collection here, and I imagine they will come down over time. You'll find them in bargain bins or in sales and all kinds of stuff. But at the full price, even then, it's not really that bad. If you just view it from the right angle. That's my positive spin on it. There you go. Take that. Yeah, I mean, I tend to agree. I do think actually that that three fifty for a Neo Geo game is pretty good, actually. And and as much as it's not the cheapest, and there are, are others out there, they are quality games, they're quality titles. And if you are a fan of that era, I think this is a pretty good way to do it. Probably the best way, and 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 definitely the the cheapest because they're not cheap if you want to go for the original retros. Uh, Super Gonk have announced Warp Drive for the Nintendo Switch. It's self-published. It's a cel-shaded futuristic racing game. It's F Zero. Uh, it's coming out on the first of December. Uh, just for um, uh, clarity, it's not actually F Zero. Uh, Twenty-two pounds forty-nine. It does look very kind of F Zero and the kind of vibe of it. Um, very colourful. I quite like the look of this. Twenty-two forty-nine seems reasonable, but will it be any good Al? I suspect it might be. Looking at this, it doesn't look like it's breaking any moulds. It doesn't look like it's doing anything particularly different. You can sort of jump around and you're encouraged to take shortcuts and transport around places. We've kind of seen that stuff before, but it does look really, really pretty. It's got a beautiful cell-shaded aesthetic, and it makes me think more Wipeout than F-Zero. Sort of like a hybrid between the two of them, but I do love a good floating car. There's a lot of customization in here. You can make the cars look really, really pretty cool. I want them. I quite like to play the game. And in all in all, it's ticking a lot of boxes. Fast racing, good visuals, tick, tick. Customization, tick. Good. Solid game. I'm with you, Al. I'm quite liking how this one's shaping up. The cel-shaded visuals, although not radically different, does make this one stand out with, compared to some of its other contemporaries. And it's a very slight thing, but I like that it's slightly less futuristic than the other futuristic racers. You know, it's not quite at the stage of hover cars. It's just got propeller cars, but they're still very fast and zoomy. And, you know, it's small things like that that just step it aside in a increasingly competitive marketplace for these futuristic racers. Plus, it has Weirdly, a Star Trek name. It does. Well, I was going to say about the name because it, that's probably what made me go, oh, this looks this looks fun. Um, but also, I think you have a very valid point there, Anton, about um, it not being as futuristic as some of the other ones. And actually, weirdly, that's like you, I find that quite a, a positive in some ways. So uh, I'd be very interested to see how it's received, but it is out soon. It's out on the 1st of December. Afterburn have announced Railbound for the Nintendo Switch. It's published by Seven Levels. It's a puzzle train game. Uh, it's coming out on the 1st of December. It's £11.49 when it launches, um, and it's uh, it's already been out on mobile. It's an interesting game. You're helping dogs on a train journey. Uh, lots of fairly straightforward-looking um, sort of animation, but it looks quite nice, and I've got to say... Um, for the price point, Anton, this could be the kind of game that you might just want to pick up and play for 20 minutes before you go to bed. I completely concur. It looks quite fun, basically. You have multiple carriages that's through a custom-made set of tracks that you make in a tail grid-based system. You connect up and try to connect that onto the main train. It's gorgeous it's simple the creators i believe also made Invento, which we've got a review up for on our youtube channel if you're interested and golf peaks if you're interested and familiar with that title and overall i could see myself getting quite addicted to this one definitely on the mobile side of the nintendo switch but to be honest it looks like a very very good mobile game mike yeah I, to be it's it is exactly that it's that that's what i get from this it's the type of game that 
if you can pick up and play play a level here and there and then put it down again and and kind of just pick up when you especially if you're playing something that's a bit more epic and it's a big game if you're playing persona 5 for example right now it's the perfect cleanser in between that it's that kind of game um and again if you're going to have that kind of game if you're going to publish that kind of game the price point has to be right and i think at 11 pounds 49 you can't really complain too much that's not a bad price for what seems like i think it's 150 puzzles or something uh, and there's some some decent music in there um and uh, there's loads of sort of bits and pieces that you can do as well you have over 150 Incredible. I'm still burping. Um, So that is definitely one to check out. Indeed, it's games like this that make me really want the next Nintendo Switch to have the functionality to suspend and hold games, or at least have multiple Mm. games on the go uh, on other platforms. I've slowly gotten used to that, and admittedly, I don't imagine having like 15 games up and running at the same time or suspended, but just having like one or two games that you can maybe jump in between would be excellent. It's a really good point because... When I first got the Switch, one of the things I loved about it was being able to leave the game on and turn the Switch off. And I still love that about it. To be able to do that with multiple games like you have on Xbox, for example, which works so, so well. It's one of the things that I really love about the Xbox. It would just take things to the next level. I think we will see it. I think we're going to see it in the Pro or whatever the next one is. But uh, we will. Um, we shall wait and see whether or not it uh, it comes in the future. Indeed, only time will tell. Right, Nintendo have suspended Twitter advertising. Um, Interesting one, this one. I mean, it's not like Twitter have been in the news or anything recently, Anton. Indeed, they've definitely been showing, uh, let's say, growing pains. It's been a a dramatic time and Twitter is by far not the, the first person to pull out their advertising and honestly, who knows which way that platform will go. I think probably best for it a lot of brands to just safeguard their reputation, you know, maybe keep their accounts up to date and looking good and looking professional, uh, but maybe not f- throwing money into the, the fire that who knows how long it will, you know, stay together. It's a house of cards at this moment. It's, it's so bizarre. The whole saga is is ridiculous and it's no wonder that Nintendo have said, you know what, right now we're just we're just gonna we're just gonna hold off. And the big problem, of course, is they've had to announce it because there are so many imitations out there, especially for Nintendo, because it's such an easy uh, name to sort of um, to, to impersonate. And actually, there was one um, Nintendoofus, which was able to be verified because obviously you can pay for it. Um, and uh, the account tweeted, um, well, we won't go into detail about the content, but it was a rude photo of Mario. It was Mario like you've never seen Mario before, um, uh, Al. And I don't think that, well, I don't think Nintendo were very impressed with it. Hence, they've gone, let's just wait until the Elon Musk saga dies down. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favorite podcast platforms now. Yeah, uh, they're not alone. Many companies around the world have. Uh, can it be doing similar moves? It's not a big surprise that Nintendo has followed suit, and uh, I don't think anyone's really going to blame them. No one's going to, no one's going to complain whether they end up back in the platform. Well, that's a whole other conversation. The platform might not exist in a couple of weeks' time. It might not exist yeah. tomorrow, for all we know. <laughs> it's it's just so bizarre. Um, big news though, if you're a Pokemon fan, and even if you're not, it's still this was quite heartwarming. I must admit, I saw this this week and I thought, oh, that's nice. So after 25 seasons of Pokemon, Ash has become a world champion. Now, I'm assuming Ash was Team Rocket. I don't know an awful lot about Pokemon, but but. but <laughs> Oh, okay. So, so, but I know that Ash never won, and they've changed it up, and now Ash is the champion. That's like, big news. He's been working Ow. towards this for a very, very, very long time. As you said, twenty-five years. That's that is a diligent pursuit of one's. He's goal. not aged a day. I know he looked just as good as he did when he was like 
came out 25 years ago. I feel like I've got older, he hasn't. It's um, weird, it's weird. But yeah, it's been fun charting his progress all the way through all these years and having a child who is obsessed with Pokemon, I've now seen quite a lot of these episodes and he's grown <laughs> and becoming master champion and it's all very cool, but it's almost a shame that it was, it was that I found out without watching the show I just sort of find it in press releases and all of the news I'm like oh you kind of ruined it thanks guys appreciate that mm. Mm. yeah it's going to be an interesting event I've you know I see a lot of discussion about media uh, a lot of it which happens on our very own Last Call podcast for the Patreons um, but what I found particularly noteworthy about this one was how people weren't just discussing it they were celebrating this moment like it was a, a real person winning a championship, which I think just shows how close these characters and this world means to the players and watchers that immerse themselves into it. Yeah, and I can kind of understand it, though. I mean, if it's 25 years, a lot of the people that are celebrating, it's their whole life. It's, it, it's since they were a kid or even more than their life. So like Anton, for example, who's ridiculously young. But it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, I can understand it. I, it's great. I love it. It's uh, one of my favourite stories this week. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 has been nominated for Game of the Year at the Game Awards 2022. I'm not surprised by that. Um, I think that it people that have played through all the Xenoblade games have said that it's pretty, pretty good. There have been some negative kind of reviews and comments on Twitter, but uh, it's a big achievement though, uh, Al, isn't it, to, to even be nominated? It is. It's, it's impressive to have made it into that, uh, that category of being nominated for Game of the Year. But then I started thinking back, what games have we had this year? And all the big titles I can think of have come out in previous years. When I think back... I can't think of huge big ones, at least on the Switch, that we've had this year. There have been a few remakes and some fairly big named games have come out, but they've they've not not really been anything new. I'll be Tell honest, I, I I well, I think you're wrong. I think Kirby should have been nominated. Oh, uh, good if I'm honest, shout. was that this year? I suppose it was this year, wasn't it? Yeah, Indeed, I, I yeah. would say Kirby Kirby should have been nominated just because. The Kirby games, as I'm discovering now going back, are great anyway, but it just takes the format and the formula and just ramps it up and does what they did with Mario Odyssey, I think, um, with the Kirby games. And, and also the co-op stuff that they have on there as well and the longevity of it. I it's guess pretty you don't good. often get cutesy platformers making it into that kind of category, though, do you? They tend to go for, I don't know, I'm going to say grittier, more adult games now. Okay, that doesn't necessarily apply to yeah. Chronicles 3, but I can't remember the last time a game mm. that was sort of very, very family-friendly platformery made it into Game of the Year. Yeah, I'm trying to think if Mario Odyssey did, though. But what, what? Um, Yeah, last year it was, it was Takes Two that did win it. Um, but, mm. the, you know, getting course, yeah. nominated for the Game Awards is cute. It's not the Nintendo Switch UK Podcast Awards, but it's cute. Um, <laughs> it's close, and close it's second. got some tough competition this year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, to be honest, though, um, Xenoblade, the whole series of games... It, they're, they're pretty epic from the ground up and I think that they've really kind of ramped everything up in this one and, and everything seems to be just that bit better than it has been so I'm not surprised I'm not sure it's going to win it but I think it's done very well to get that nomination uh, Nintendo have announced the Splatoon 3 chill season it's coming out on the 1st of December it's adding uh, X battles big run new weapons returning weapons new cosmetics and new gear so if you're a Splatoon 3 player then that will be good news we're going to get lots of these over the next couple of years Anton Indeed, they're keeping it up. You know, it's technically not a live service, but my God, they're keeping up with it as if it was a live service. They've done quite good so far. And this looks to be a promising update to the game, the X-Battle acting as its competitive ranked mode. Big Run looks to be a kind of slightly splat-festy version of Salmon Run. And everybody's hooked to cosmetics and upgrades and adding things to your locker box. And... Um, this will be making a lot of people very happy, Al. Yeah. Do I just need to be on the lookout for when Mike messaged me going, hey, Al, do you want to Splatoon and chill? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I mean, it's happening. Look, <laughs> it, it could be. It could be. I've just got to find a way to get the lyric in uh, into a song because I have managed to get Netflix into a song before. So if I can get Splatoon in there, um, I don't know. Like, I want you in my platoon so we can play Splatoon. That's kind of the same word, isn't it? I'll work on it. I'll work on it. Um, I'm obviously don't give up Splatoon, my day job. Brigadoon, there's something in there. Yeah. Give us a tune. <laughs> right. Anyway, let's stop. Uh, let's move on to more serious matters. We're going to talk about the Nintendo financial report. We're not going to talk forever about this, but we've got. 
two or three things we're going to discuss, and then I'm going to run through a bunch of other points from it, uh, sort of bullet points that we can quickly look at. So first of all, Nintendo announced the Nintendo Systems uh, Co. Limited, a new joint venture company created in collaboration with, uh, is, is it Dina? Is that how they pronounce it? Or do they go D? I think. D-N-A, okay. Um, and they will research and develop as well as create value-added services to further reinforce Nintendo's relationship with consumers. Starting April 2023, it will be subsidiary a subsidiary of Nintendo. Will this um, make it into the DNA of Nintendo in the long run, Anton? Um, I love it. Um, yeah, I think this is going to be quite um a, a monumental change for nintendo i believe they're starting this off with a 30 million um pound investment over a 3 billion yen to be exact i might have done the conversion wrong 3 billion yen exactly and the two parts this deal with is the first one what people most know uh, dna for is the contributions to the mobile games they've done all of the mobile games which have been incredibly successful for nintendo but I think more importantly, and the reason why this is kind of came into tuition to be an important part of Nintendo, is they do all the back-end stuff for Nintendo Switch Online. And, you know, as much as the Switch has grown and improved via software updates, I think one thing we could nearly unanimously agree on, I hope, is that the online aspects of Nintendo Switch have grown the least in that time span. And what I'm hoping from this is if they're bringing a lot of that in-house, they'll be happy to invest further into it and build up more robust systems and the, you know, maybe future Switch or the Switch via firmware updates can start to rival on par to the online services that have came to be expected with some of their contemporaries. Yeah, they're an interesting bunch, DNA. They have, as you said, done a lot of good stuff with mobile gaming and they do all the back end. But the release that came on Nintendo was odd. It said that they wanted to use the um, new company to strengthen the digitization of Nintendo's business. And then specifically they went on to say that they wanted to maintain and expand its relationship with consumers primarily through Nintendo Account. I have no idea what that means, but the Nintendo Account is, as you say, the bit that DNA contribute to behind the scenes. And so far Nintendo and Nintendo Account have not been the most enigmatic of services out there. They're a bit boring it doesn't really do anything and i sincerely hope that this new little partnership will actually energize that will come up with some new ideas and some new innovations and make that bit a bit more exciting and a bit more engaging microsoft do a great job of pulling people in to the world of microsoft from the game pass to the rewards and the uh, your gamer tag and your gamer score and achievements and that whole thing that ecosystem is brilliant nintendo just doesn't have anything to its Nintendo account, a couple of gold coins and some silver coins, great, fantastic, or platinum coins, can't really do much with them. Certainly the silver ones, they're kind of pointless, platinum ones are pointless, the gold ones at least you can contribute to your games. So I am hopeful that out of this we might get some really interesting innovation. Yeah, I tend to agree. I, th- I would like to see a lot more happen on that level. I do think that that might be the case for the next system. I feel like Nintendo took a huge leap of faith with the Switch. It's worked. They've kind of got the if it's not broke, don't fix it type attitude to it. And I don't. I think that's a lot of the reason they don't touch it. They just kind of go, well, it's, it's selling, it's doing great. But I think I could see the next system bringing in a lot of these things, especially in light of that um, deal. So fingers crossed that that does happen. Um, Also at the financial report, beginning in July 2023, Nintendo France, S-A-R-L, Nintendo Benelux, BV, and Nintendo of Europe, G-M-B-H, that's a lot of letters, will be merged, (laughs) thankfully, make it a lot easier for me, and become Nintendo of Europe AG. So we still get letters, but you know. Uh, Later in August 2024, uh, then Nintendo of Europe AG will be merged with Nintendo Iberica, becoming Nintendo of Europe SE. So, yeah, it, it, it's it's quite funny to have <laughs> steps where you merge into a company and then you go, but then we're going to merge into another company. It's like the, it's like Pokemon, Anton. Indeed. Uh, I wonder if there's some legal uh, legal complications of merging multiple companies at once. However, this will be an exciting move for us within of the, the European market. Historically, and we've seen this a lot, we do a podcast for our patrons called The Prequel where we go over gaming history. And we go through, you know, we've done a couple of episodes on Nintendo consoles and through that, Nintendo of Japan's doing a lot, Nintendo of America's doing a lot, Nintendo 
in Europe is very much like, yeah, we'll just do what America's doing, but in a different language. There's not much localization outside of the language. They don't change the marketing as much. So they don't, you know, change the strategy as much. They don't really consult on the platforms and the software development to the same degree of, you know, let's say Nintendo of America and their relationship with Nintendo of Japan. So the hope here would be that by centralizing this and making it a more unanimous force within of the Nintendo worldwide company, Nintendo of Europe and, you know, representing their European gamers will be able to have more of a say in the overall direction of Nintendo moving forward. Or it could be less, you know, focused. How are you feeling about this one, Al? My sense of this is it is entirely about cost cuttings and efficiencies and simplification and getting rid of a whole load of unnecessary back-end bureaucracy that is probably just costing them money. I mean, what's the point in running, what's that, four different companies when you could just run one? That's an awful lot simpler for accounting, it's a lot simpler for payroll, it's a lot simpler for every single bit of running a business. So yeah, I get it. What I don't fully understand is why they're merging them all into Nintendo Co and then Nintendo Co into Nintendo of Europe SE but sure they'll have the reasons for it and I'm sure they're all very boring Congratulations Al, you've just achieved your degree in commercial radio 2022, uh, that is literally uh, what what is uh, happening with many many media outlets and it kind of makes sense, I think what you're saying does make a lot of sense and it probably is a bit consolidation to be honest but we might be proved wrong. You never know. Nintendo have also asked whether it would, uh, have, have, sorry, have also been asked whether it would raise switch prices. And they've said that they won't take such actions at the moment, but we'll continue monitoring the situation and carefully consider uh, the, uh, the the prices as well. Um, and just on top of that as well, they also said that they're going to review various initiatives to improve Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we'll believe that part when we see it, Anton, but certainly... In terms of pricing, it's it. I think it's at the right point right now. You can you in terms of certainly the hardware, you can pick up hardware quite cheap now if you want to. You can get the light for just over a hundred pounds, and then you've got in terms of the games. Okay, the games perhaps are overpriced because you know Steam. But um, what's your take on it, Anton? Yeah, I think Nintendo's wise and not raising the Nintendo Switch cost, even if it's, you know, maybe even costing them more to make it just with how old the platform is. Sony was able to get away with it because the PlayStation 5 is just a lot newer and selling limited supply. The Nintendo Switch has been out for a very, very long time, especially we're talking about the original and to a lesser extent the Switch Lite. So I think they've been very sensible and I don't think we'll see them raising it unless it's just costing them more to make than to you know sell the one sad thing about that is it basically writes out the possibility of us getting a price cut on the nintendo switch at least within the next year or so which is disappointing with the age of the platform it's had like a 30 pound price drop in its lifespan um which historically comparing it to other platforms when this would be the end of the console lifespan they would usually be chopped down a little bit by now but what can you do the switch is alive and well and i wouldn't have it any other way uh concerning nintendo switch online i think what they're saying here is they're debating whether or not they want to give away game boy games which uh, i'm surprised they haven't done already <laughs> it's game boy games i could understand the apprehension with gamecube but game boy games that come on boost the service it's exciting exactly although i have to say they i'm not entirely sure i agree with you on your pricing thing because what they said is they weren't going to increase the price of the switch they didn't say they weren't going to decrease the price of the switch anytime soon now I very much doubt they're going to decrease the price of the Switch anytime soon because why would they? They're still selling plenty of them, admittedly down a little bit, as we'll talk about shortly. But they're still selling plenty of them, making a very healthy margin on it. Uh, and I can't really see them needing to reduce the price just yet. Uh, but, you know, who knows? Stranger things have happened. All we know is it's not going up, and that's good because everything else in the world is going up. So if Switches aren't, then woohoo! That's good news yeah. for us. Although you could argue by not going up, they are basically getting cheaper by default. Well, there is that. There is yeah. that. Well, then, but then you have the argument about wages because if wages aren't going up, is it getting cheaper? Well, they are. Everything the news else? today, you know? and this is getting political, the news today said wages have gone up higher or faster than they ever have in history in the last quarter or six months or something like that. I didn't actually read the full article, just not as much as inflation, but that's a whole other whole other conversation. Not going to go down that route. That's far too yeah. out of our scope. Um, and various initiatives to improve Nintendo Switch Online. I mean, we've been talking about this for so long. 
I just about cancelled my online switch. Or to be fair, I did let it lapse and then realised I needed it for cloud gaming with our patrons and went and got it again. But, you know, it's just such a rubbish offering. Give us something better. Improve it. Give us an initiative. Yeah. Show some I initiative. Think, I think as soon as Game Pass arrived and then PlayStation did their kind of version of it, I think at that point Nintendo had to go, okay, yeah, we need to up the game here. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. It would be great if they did improve it. I, I'm not holding my breath anytime soon, to be honest. Right, let me <clears throat> run through a few of the bullet points and some of the facts from the event. And we can just quickly look at those and then we'll move on. So Nintendo is most popular with 20-year-olds. Interesting point, because many might think Nintendo is for kids. Well, apparently not. Digital purchases have made up 49.3% of game sales. The Switch has sold 114.33 million units in total. That's a lot of units. Uh, it's also got 106 million active users this year. The Nintendo Switch Online now has 35 million users, which, you know, that's a third of the user base, which is quite impressive. Uh, hardware sales are down 19%, just over 19.2%. Software sales are up by 1.6%. Mobiles downloads have surpassed 800 million and Amiibo has surpassed uh, 70 million units. In the last quarter, Nintendo has sold 6.68 million units. That breaks down as 2.23 million switches, 3.53 OLED switches and just under uh, 0.92 million uh, switch lights. Uh, Splatoon 3 has sold 7.9 million units and Kirby and the Forgotten Land has sold 5.27 million units, which is a record for the franchise and it's a long history franchise as well. So some interesting facts in there. I think the the 20-year-old being the average Nintendo Switch gamer, um, I think we can put that down to Nintendo being historically a uh, a name that has that people have grown up with, um, and I suspect there is a lot of there are a lot of gamers that are the age that we are. Al, you know, they're kind of in their thirties and forties, and they're probably bringing that average quite far up. You're probably right, to be honest. Um, but they're, I mean, I was saying it's popular, most popular with twenty year olds. I would suggest they've done a survey and gone, hey, here's a hundred people, and forty or fifty of them have been all twenty or thereabout. Uh, and they're not taking average. So it should be really interesting to what the average age of a gamer is because I don't know what to, what to, I was expecting. 20 is probably about what I thought. I know there's a lot of kids have got them and I know there's a lot of older people like us have got them, but I feel that 20 is a gaming sweet spot because that's the point in your life where you quite often have a more disposable income than you'll ever have because you're a student and you've, just, you've barely got any expenses. And it's just... It's just the prime of your life when you're sitting playing games. You've got no other responsibilities. You're kicking around at college or at university or you've got your first job and you've got a load of free time. No responsibilities, no kids. It's perfect gaming. And let's face it, PlayStations and Xboxes are expensive. The Switch is cheap. People travel around a lot. It's the perfect console for that. I can absolutely see why 20-year-olds were that peak. Um, what I was interested in, I was be, I've been trying to find the numbers while uh, Mike was reading out that little list there. I have no idea what the trend is in terms of those digital games because it's 49.3% and I have a funny feeling last time we looked at these numbers correct me if I'm wrong here Anton but I think we were around about the 40 to 45% digital downloads uh, making up their, their sales has that increased? Um, it has it did decrease going from uh, 2020 it did peak up to like 56 during 2020 and then went back to its above what it was in 2019 in a sort of low 40s range. So I think it has increased again. Interesting. And 35 million users online. I feel that that's down the way. I thought that was higher as well. I thought that was around about the 40 million mark before, but I might be, again, wrong on that. Was it Was it lower? I believe it's increased ever slight. Uh, no, yeah, I believe the user count has fallen down, but profit has went up. However, you could contribute that to Expansion Pack Plus, and yeah. I think that's probably how that's came to be. I think so. Yeah, so that's, it's, there's some interesting little trends kicking in there then. Yeah, uh, was there anything that stuck out for you, Anton? Yeah, I think the thing I found most remarkable is the number of active users. 106 million out of 114 million. So basically, this is people that have used the Nintendo Switch once or twice between in 2022. So admittedly, it's a little bit vague for active, but for how many Nintendo Switches are still getting 
used. I thought that was quite an impressive number because that will also be, you know, that 114 million of um, of all switches sold, you know, a lot of them might have broken. A lot of them might be just sitting in drawers never to be played again. A lot of them might be sitting on short shelves yet to be, you know, sold to a customer but have been sold to a retailer or just sitting in, you know, a used store waiting to be sold. I thought that was an incredibly pr- impressive number. I'm also excited to see that finally the Switch OLED is surpassing the Switch by a decent margin. It was... The Switch was sell out selling the the normal one for uh, the OLED for a bit, and the OLED I think as the much better purchase is you know quite nicely doing a lot better. The thing I have found quite alarming, and this has been a trend that I've seen for a good good while, is the decreasing and consistently decreasing sales of the Switch Lite. Um, we've kind of discussed the you know less of its relevance as a the best handheld experience but I wonder if any of them was to get a price cut I would say the light is due it because although it's cheap compared to the other switch models looking back to when we had more handhelds it's still expensive as a handheld games console yeah it's um yeah it is but I think I th- I just don't see there being any price cuts anytime soon. I just I, I agree with what you both said earlier that I, I just don't see it. But we'll see. You never know. Um, right, we're going to move on then to uh, Indie World, which was a nice little surprise. I did get to watch the whole thing and there were some pretty nice little titles in there. Now, what I'm wondering here, just because there's so much uh, for us to talk about, we've still got Turbo Mode to go as well. Um, do you want me to run through these and then get your thoughts on the ones that really stood out for you? Or would you like me to take them one by one? What's your preference? Mm, I'm thinking a uh, double, double turbo mode, Al. Oh, double turbo mode. I'm always up for double turbo. Do it. All right. Let me run through the games that were announced at the Indie World. You'll be able to pick it up on YouTube if you didn't see it. It's uh, uh, There were some real interesting titles. We can give it a rating as well. So we've started off with Visai Games showcasing Venba for the Nintendo Switch. It's a narrative cooking game coming out in spring 2023. Yofuji showcased Goodbye World for the Nintendo Switch, published by PM Studios, a retro-inspired narrative adventure with puzzle platforming coming out later this month. Magic Design Studios showcased Have a Nice Death for the Nintendo Switch, published by Gearbox Publishing. It's a 2D action roguelike coming out on the 22nd of March next year. Cosmo Gato showcased AKA for the Nintendo Switch, published by Neowitz. It's a life sim with farming elements. We've one or two of those recently. Coming out on the 15th of December. Um, RX showcased Pepper Grinder for the Nintendo Switch, and that is published by Devolver and Devolver Digital. It's a 2D arcade platformer coming out 2023. Tog Productions showcased Coffee Talk Episode 2, Hibiscus and Butterfly for the Nintendo Switch, self-published. It's the follow-up visual novel to the original and Barista Simulator coming out spring next year. Can I Design and Shuesha Games showcased Oni, Road to the Mightiest Oni for Nintendo Switch, published by uh, Clouded Leopard Entertainment. And that's an open-world 3D RPG where you play as a demon coming out on the 9th of March next year. Ustwo Games showcased Desta, the memories between, for the Nintendo Switch. That's self-published. It's a narrative turn-based tactical game with roguelike elements coming out early in the new year. Mojiken showcased A Space for the Unbound for the Nintendo Switch, published by Chorus. It's a pixelated nar- narrative life sim coming out on the 19th of January. Unjene sais quoi and Humanimation. Um, um, I'm the French bit, fine, but as soon as the English appeared, that was, that was me in trouble. They showcased uh, Dordogne for the Nintendo Switch, published by Focus Entertainment, a watercolour narrative adventure set in France coming out in spring next year. Balloon Studios showcased Botany Manor for the Nintendo Switch, published by White Horn Games. It's a walking sim meets botanical puzzle game coming out in 2023. Uh, Bonte Avond showcased By Once Upon a a Gender, a Jester for the Nintendo Switch, published by Crunching Koalas. Great name. Story-based adventure about theatre. That's out now for $12.99. Salador Games showcased Rogue Legacy 2 for the Nintendo Switch, self-published. That's uh, roguelike metroidvania out now for twenty two forty nine. do you know that cellar door is uh, is always considered the most beautiful uh, two words together in the english language apparently uh cassis ludi showcased 
Blanc. That's true. For the Nintendo Switch, published by Gearbox Publishing. It's a black and white co-op adventure game coming out on the 14th of February next year. And then we had a montage. We had WrestleQuest, Wobble Dogs, Console Edition, Storyteller, World of Horror, Curse of the Sea Rats, and Inscription. And then on to the final two. Max Inferno showcased a little to the left for the Nintendo Switch, published by Secret Mode. It's a cozy puzzle game. It's out now. $12.99. And then finally... Finally, especially when it comes to this title, Sidebar Games showcased Sports Story for the Nintendo Switch, which we've been waiting to hear more about. Well, it's coming out on December the 20, the 20, the 22, and it's the follow-up to Golf Story. Oh, that was a mouthful. I mean, I mean, there were some real tongue-tie trippers in there. Um, Anton, what were the ones that stood out for you? Oh, of course, I've got to mention my darling baby, Rogue Legacy, finally on Nintendo Switch. I played this for basically the entirety of the time that you were on a, a little little absence, Mike. It is a brilliant game, so much depth, it is delightful. I've mentioned it many, many times in the podcast, just look it up, buy it, it's fantastic, you'll waste your entire life in it. Uh, what else do you want? Outside of that, uh, in terms of new games that have got me excited, I thought Desta, The Memories Between looked very interesting uh, i thought this mix of story and tactical gameplay looked interesting intriguing characters the voice acting looked good the visually it is to the standard you would expect from the team that brought us monument valley one and two and alba it just looks very very polished i don't know if i'll pick it up i'll be waiting for reviews but nevertheless i thought it was a real good time and this is a game I've actually been watching on other platforms, so to see it's coming to Nintendo Switch was an absolute delight, and that's a little to the left. It is a game about basically exercising perfection um, and having a slightly annoying cat, you know, making it harder for you to achieve perfection. You know, making sure your pencils are lined up in order, things are, you know, done in colour. Um, I thought it's real good. The only criticism I've heard is apparently it can be a little picky about, you know, doing things the right way, even if it's not, you know, the right way for you. Uh, but overall, seemingly heard some great stuff about it and excited to have it on Nintendo Switch. How about yourself, Alistair? What is jumping out to you from this Indie World November 2022 special? There were a few pretty good ones in there, actually. I've got to say, a little to the left. I mean, the game, I'm pretty sure we've seen the game before. I think we've talked about it a couple of times on the show. But it was lovely, actually, to see the developers and hearing them talk about effectively their lives and how that, that influenced the game. That was just a lovely little way to advertise it and draw you in. But in terms of games that drew me in, I was actually quite taken by Venba. The very first one, the cooking simulator that they sort of showed us at the beginning. In theory, that should not be vaguely interesting to me, but it was done in such a way, a narrative cooking game just sounded interesting. Uh, properly interesting, and uh, I, I'm quite taken with it. I'm, I'm not going to lie. And then moving on, I thought the uh, the Oni Road to the Mightiest Oni, it has potential. I have a horrible feeling it might fall flat. It does look like it's kind of just a bit generic, but it has a lot of scope to do good stuff if it can just get out of its own way. What I did really like was uh, by Once Upon a Jester. It, it looked different. It looked quirky. It looked amusing. It made me laugh. And that was just from the trailer, let alone the whole game. So I was quite interested in watching that one. WrestleQuest, that we saw the teeny tiny montage of, and Storyteller, they both look really good, particularly WrestleQuest. But for me, the highlight by a long way was the long-awaited sports story. I am so excited about this upcoming. I loved Golf Story so much, and this just looks like it takes that whole premise, lifts it to a whole other level with a whole load of extra stuff you can do, and they've enhanced the visuals. It was by far the greatest thing from that uh, that indie world for me and it, I'm just so psyched. Mike? Yeah, to be honest, you've both mentioned a lot of the ones that I was really excited for. Venba, actually, I agree with you, Al. I was surprised to be kind of sort of looking at it going, this actually looks quite good and it's a cooking game. Not, I mean, obviously, we've played Overcooked, but generally it wouldn't really interest me. But um, no, I thought there was a lot of quality actually in the the whole direct um, coffee talk episode two i have played the first one and there's the the sad story behind that one that one of the the in fact the main young writer developer behind coffee talk passed away at very very young age um so i'm interested to see that one um because 
obviously that's a kind of legacy kind of game as well now. So that'll be quite interesting to see um, what the writing's like in that. It's it's a very chill kind of narrative visual novel. So it's it's a it's it's a nice kind of relaxing game. Like you, sports story. As soon as that came on, I was like, finally, thank you. We've been waiting for this. Golf story was one of the first games I finished on the Switch, and I loved it. And sports story looks like more of the same and with different sports. Wrestle Quest, like you said as well, really like the look of that. Um, and by Once Upon a Jester as well, I thought that looked quite fun and, and different. And just generally, I thought the quality was very, very good. We're very lucky to have such a diverse console, really, I think. And um, fingers crossed we um, we see some of these and get a chance to, to play them as well, because it was a real mix. So, yeah, definitely excited for more. I'm burping again, Al. I, I noticed while you're burping, I was going to ask you guys. I'm not actually, it's not actually burping, it's hiccuping. Can I just clarify that? I'm not actually burping, I'm hiccuping. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, hic- hic- you've, already, you've already told us it's burping, we're going with that. What did you guys think of the art style of Dordogne, the watercolour one? I, I've i never liked watercolours in my life. There's something that I've just always disliked them. And this game, really sadly, it looked beautiful but rubbed me up the wrong way purely because it was in watercolour. What, what do you guys make of it? Uh, oh, you know, I really like watercolours, but I didn't like um, Dodonia's implementation of it. I didn't like the mix of 3D models within of the watercolor, and then I felt like they've done it on like proper watercolor. They've not done it digitally, but coincidentally, the keying of the actual layers and of the worlds felt a little bit rough. There was just little pixelated bits where you know. You could tell it's been digitally, you know, had the background removed to make a layer. Um, so it just kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I was a little bit disappointed with it because in a still frame, you know, depending if there was any kind of, of that pixelated stuff around about the keying, it looked beautiful. Um, and then just a 3D model would work for it. <laughs> I wasn't I in think, love, Al. I think it will sell well in France because it's all based around the Dordogne region. Um, and... I think I, I quite liked the art style. I thought it was quite nice, to be honest. I I, I don't know. I d- didn't hate it. Um, I would like to see more and to see it kind of in action. But um, yeah, I didn't. I didn't hate it. I got to say, I'll, I'll be the dissenting voice on that one. Um, but uh, yeah, and to make great wine in the Dordogne. So. It's, it's everyone's a winner <laughs> right shall we move on to turbo mode then so we're going to do this this again basically i'm going to run through a bunch of stories and get your thoughts on them are you ready for me to commence spin that turbo up buddy all right here we go turbo mode <laughs> right pokemon scarlet and violet have leaked online spoilers uh, be aware of spoilers basically because it's leaked online so that's kind of the whole thing of spoilers uh, pokemon unite will give you the pokemon scarlet violet main character outfits if you log into pokemon unite on a switch with a pokemon scarlet violet save file from the 1st of december uh, the former senior editor at game informer has shared that bayonetta 3 was originally going to be an open world game borrowing from astral chain front mission first remake will feature two game modes classic and modern Flint Buckler wakes the Sleepy Castle Kickstarter has achieved its Switch stretch goal. Chained Echoes has a release date of the 8th of December. The Anniversary Collection Arcade Classics, or Arcade Classics Anniversary Collection, I suspect we're going to comment on this, is getting a physical edition uh, courtesy of Limited Run Games, ranging from $34.99 to $159.99. Ouch. Mario Strikers Battle League gets a free demo. The Pokemon Company have opened up a limited-time Pokemon online gallery, which goes through the history of Pokemon or as I like to call them, Pokemon, from the beginning with models, images, and sound. Tactics Ogre Reborn has uh, support now for mouse and keyboard for the Switch, which is kind of cool. Team Water wins the Splatoon 3 Splatoon uh, Pokemon Splatfest with 36% of the votes. Nintendo of America's President Doug Bowser is currently visiting Nintendo of Japan. Pikmin Bloom is getting a Pikmin 3 Deluxe themed event on the 15th of November, uh, which is today. (laughs) Clear tasks to obtain badges featuring characters from the game and meet some very special uh, decor Pikmin. The Netflix DLC is coming to the Nintendo Switch version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. And Pokemon Scarlet Violet has a five minute overview trailer. A lot to digest there. Alistair, what were the ones that 
that uh, spoke to you? Well, let's let's pick up one that you mentioned it on the way through. We need to decide what we're calling one of these games. So every press release, and the, I think the e-store call it Arcade Classics Anniversary Collection. But the game box has the title the exact opposite way around. It has Anniversary Collection Arcade Classics. I mean, this is the most confused marketing I have ever seen. Whoever made up that logo needs a good slap because it's just confusing. However, I'm going to definitively say I think... No, not I'm definitely say think. It is. It is Arcade Classics Anniversary Collection because that's what it's called and it's written down everywhere, not on a stupid box art. Okay. Well, well I, would, I, I would argue that the box art is the definitive though, right? Because I think one person has gone... It's this way around, and then everyone's going, "Oh, I don't want to get it wrong, so I better copy this one article." And then it's just snowballed. The from, it's like Chinese the whispers. The eShop itself has it the right way around. Arcade so, classics and someone's, collection. Someone's made a mistake. They've read an article and gone, "Oh, this is the, the title's wrong. I'll just switch it around." Nope. I come nope. on, then, Anton. You're you're, you're, you're the de- you're the deciding factor, <laughs> oh, Anton. Which, which way round is it? Yeah, kind of how I'm looking at it is right now. You know, you know, we've got these box arts that say one tile. The other one, the eShop, I'm sure they could just go into like a Nintendo online portal and change it. Um, you know, if I bought this game physically, it's probably awful because I would wonder what's on the end label. That would be the deciding one because if they had the name in two different ways, two different names on the spine and on the actual you know, front logo, ah, oh, infuriating. Can, can I, call can it- I just say, I have gone to Konami.com, who are the publisher of the game. They have it definitively listed. The right way around. So you're wrong, Mike. You're wrong, no. you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. But I, I'm with Anton. It depends on the <laughs> spine. If the spine says Anniversary Collection Arcade Classics, that's what it's called because that's what it'll be alphabetically in your collection. Also, can we just call it Anniversary Arcade Collection Classics? Because that at least then sure. has got the kind of alliteration. Just, just call the words, throw them all up in the air, let them land and just call them that. I, I can get on board with that approach. Sure. Yeah. All right. That that's, 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 uh, works out. Anything else, Al, that caught your eye? Uh, I quite like the look of Chain Echoes, I have to say. It's pretty cool, coming on the 8th of December, and it's basically like someone made a mech RPG with dragons on the SNES. What's not to like about that? It's really, really cool. It sort of looks a bit like kind of um, Chrono Trigger, I guess. It's that kind of aesthetic, and it's just charming and awesome at the same time. I love that. I love that so much. Uh, and the Paper Mario-like, uh, this Flint Buckler Wakes a Sleepy Castle. We talked about this. This was discussed ooh, back in, I'm going to say, August. Uh, and they basically announced that they're going through Kickstarter for it. And we all thought, eh, it's got potential. And now they've done a Kickstarter. And it's gone amazingly well. Not surprisingly. Because there's a lot of people like Paper Mario. And if this one can do half as well as Paper Mario, then it's probably doing something right. That's probably all I need to say, I think. Anton, what about you? Uh, yeah, you know, there's a couple interesting bits and pieces in there. Um, I'd like to see more games get mouse and keyboard support on console because I think and have known a few people that, you know, like the controls of a mouse and keyboard but aren't, you know, PC, you know, literate or PC gamers entirely. So that's lovely to see. Delighted that there's a Mario Strikers Battle League demo because I know you have both hyped up how good that game is and I've been apprehensive as a, a non-sports ball literate person to finally delve in but this is a perfect way to jump in and it's kind of interesting seeing the overlap between you know console gaming and mobile gaming with the Pokemon Unite admittedly it's through a Nintendo Switch version of it but more interestingly Pikmin Bloom I wonder if this is what they're saying about focusing on Nintendo account forward because it's through the Nintendo account they're linking this because if you have Pikmin Free Deluxe you can also get additional rewards within a Pikmin Bloom as part of this event which maybe that's the plan kind of combining you know Nintendo account Nintendo mobile games and Nintendo Switch into kind of one unified Nintendo ecosystem doesn't get me the very excited, but you know it's cool nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think you've both pretty much picked up on everything that I was going to say. To be honest, um, I don't think there's anything that you've missed really that I'm thinking. I'm just having a quick double check to see if I've missed anything. I do like the the Flint Buckler wakes the sleepy castle vibe. I think that could be real, real, really good. And Bayonetta three is getting absolutely rave reviews. So not a game that I'm particularly have been interested in but having seen some of the reviews i'm kind of like mm, maybe i'm missing out here because they're they're really talking about how good that game is so 
Um, yeah, and Astral Chain, great game as well that uh, maybe was very much underrated. So, yeah, that pretty much is, uh, you, you covered everything else, which is great. Um, now, I believe we don't have any sort of solid solid rumours. Is that, a, is that a phrase that works? Not really. Uh, we don't have any rumours this week, so I think we're going to move straight on to the quiz. Woohoo! Quiz time! I have so many questions! Okay, so... Just to refresh everybody's memories, Anton is on 11, Mike is on 8, we've still got enough weeks in there that Mike could still claw back an amazing win here. I mean, it would be at this stage, it would be an epic fight back, uh, to be honest, but we never know. You never know. Movie. They could turn this fight into an epic movie. I, I agree. I mean, it's uh, it's up there with the best of them, right? It's like, forget 300 and Gladiator, you've got Mike versus Anton in the quiz on the NSUKP podcast. The only problem is the only filmmaker I know is Anton, and I fear he may put a slightly different spin on it. (laughs) It's fine. If we pay him enough, we'll be fine. (laughs) Okay. Uh, For those who are just joining us and who haven't heard the quiz before, well, welcome to the show. Where have you been? Uh, We have got a three-round quiz where the first two rounds are me describing games. These guys have got to take in turns to guess after each uh, clue. Uh, And then the final round, I name a game, and they have to tell me what year it was released closest to the flag wins so our first game is a platformer that was released on the game boy and the snes in 1992 bart versus the mutants simpsons it was not that uh was it aladdin it also was not that Technically, this game actually released the year before. It came out on PC, Amstrad CPC, Amiga, Commodore 64, and the Atari ST. Uh, that's Atari ST. That's a tough one. I'm going to say... Um, uh, uh, I'm not going to say. I was going to say something that doesn't make sense dates-wise. 92, but 91. Uh, oh, that's tough. Um <laughs> Uh, on other things is it um, I should just say no straight away shouldn't I <laughs> is is it uh, oh, ugh, I don't I don't know uh, I'll go for uh, Bubsy it's not Bubsy Mike are you just passing yeah just go for it just, just move on okay it spawned a sequel in 1993 on the SNES and 1994 on the PC and the Game Boy is it the Flintstones no is it uh, Kill Spot it's not. I've got to say, Mike's guesses have been closer so far. Uh, it is a movie tie-in game. Hmm. Uh, a movie tie-in game. Home Alone. No. Um, uh, Batman and Robin? Nope. Although it's a movie tie-in game, it's a movie tie-in game that came out between 12 and 13 years after the original movie. Uh oh. Mike's got the movie knowledge. Oh no! Twelve and th- between twelve and thirteen years since yeah. the original. Depending whether you say it released in uh, nineteen ninety one or nineteen ninety two for the game. Okay, okay, I see. Um, actually, I suppose it would actually be eleven and twelve years. So where where I got my source from, they've got their years wrong. I'm going to say it's eleven and twelve years because the original movie came out in nineteen eighty, apparently. Yeah. Um, is it Popeye? It's not Popeye. Is it uh, Alien Free? Nope. It is not. It had two-player co-op, but the scrolling screen only focused on one player. Hmm. Scrolling screen, one player. Two-player co-op. I mean, we've been there with the likes of early Sonic games, but obviously it's nothing like that. So I'm trying to think of kind of what was out in 1980 in the movies. Not that I was alive, but like... I'll give you another very big hint then for both of you. The soundtrack well, consisted of music from the movie. Okay. Oh. Uh, um, Fantasia. Nope. Uh, is it Ghostbusters? It's not. It followed... That was closer, and you'll see why when you get the answer. Followed two brothers released from jail in their bid to put on a musical show. Blues Brothers. Hey! <laughs> Wow. Which is Dan Aykroyd, a Ghostbuster. I, I would not have gotten that at all. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Um and I didn't Deliberately I, so. I, do, I do remember there being a Blues Brothers game on the SNES. I don't remember any of the other iterations of that, 
to be honest. And I didn't have a SNES, so I didn't I didn't play it, but I remember the Blues Brothers being a game. Didn't know there was a second one though. There we are. There I imagine the sequel was probably the Blues Brothers two thousand video game because they brought out the Blues Brothers oh, yeah. two thousand movie and it was rubbish. So I'm guessing yeah. it was that, but I have no idea. I, I John, don't remember. John that Belushi, one. wasn't it? Is it John Belushi? John and Dan Belushi Ackroyd? and Dan Aykroyd, yeah. yeah. yeah Great movies. Right, yeah. Have you seen yeah. them, Tom? I, I've never even heard of them. Go watch um, the first one. The first one is brilliant. You can ignore the second one. Oh, you're so oh, sweet, but, Anton. I've never heard of it. That's that's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry to be condescending. It just I didn't mean to didn't mean it to come across like that, but it's just really funny. It um, just makes me feel really old. Because we are, buddy. We are. No, we're not. Okay, Don't let's move on to our second game because Mike has got first blood. And it's a bit, can a bit violent. Match him? Let's see. Uh, this one, I'm going to be very specific up front. I want the Western name for this game. What, like country and Western? Or? You can interpret it however you like, Mike. <laughs> I want the Western name. Right. I've heard oh, the last call theme. Mike's got this, country down. <laughs> this is a puzzle game released in Japan in 1995 and elsewhere in 1996. Is it... Um, is it Dr. Mario's Mean Bean Machine? It's not. <laughs> that would be completing two games. <laughs> I, I thought that. <laughs> uh, you know, to be honest, that was um, Tetris Attack. Oh my God! Seriously, Anton? Yeah, I was like thinking like in the same vein of how, you know, Nintendo was using Yoshi's cookie to, you know, adaptate uh, Puyo Puyo. I was like, okay, what other franchises did they just slap a name on? And Tetris was one of them. Mm. They did. Didn't, I, they did I, I, I don't think even if we'd have played out every single clue i would have got that i might have got tetris but i wouldn't have got tetris attack so that's yeah fine. in japan it was called um panel de pon i don't know why it sounds very french but that's what it was called in japan panel de pon fair enough uh, and the original one had fairies as characters the western release had characters from super mario world 2 yoshi's island go figure cool. fair fair well done anton Bye, uh, thank you. you deserve that one that means we're coming down to the wire it's been a while since we've gone into the, the, the final dun, dun, one dun. with it being the tie break it's a lot of pressure on this now I need to decide who has to go first I think Mike's gone first the last couple of times so I think that probably means we need, we need to make Anton go first uh, okay cool problem is Anton's got really good games knowledge yeah I got a bang on last time as well but that was because did. you told me the, the you told me how many years after the film it was which sadly I knew what year the film came out <laughs> like right. a weirdo you backwards didn't you well yeah let's see how encyclopedic Anton's knowledge is oh dear Anton what year did Metal Gear Solid the Twin Snakes come out. Um, 2002. Mike? Oh, 2003. It's that time when I do that sharp intake of breath again, isn't it? Well, neither one of you got it, I'm going to say. But you were both very, very, very close. You were one year off. It was 2004. Oh, I'm back in the game. I'm back <laughs> in the game. Back in the game. It's 11-9. Ah, wow. I mean, to be honest, it was a bit of a guessing game only because I knew roughly when the original Metal Gear Solids came out and I thought it had to be around when Anton said, but it, it equally could have been 2001 for all I knew. So yeah, that was a bit of luck for me, but it's good. Keeps me in it. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. So yeah. Fantastic. Did either of you play it? It was a GameCube game. Uh, I, I was completely oblivious. I owned the GameCube, but never really played it much. I didn't have much love for the GameCube, so I completely ignored this title. Yeah, yeah I don't think I ever did. N- never played it. I-, I was familiar. Metal Gear Solid was on the PS1, and the Metal Gear Solid 4 was on the PS3, and I was like, okay, uh, it's maybe Metal Gear Solid 2? <laughs> that was my yeah, logic. Yeah, I can get, I can, I can understand that. I, the one game I remember playing a lot on the GameCube was Chicken Run. <laughs> okay, sure, for a game like classic. <laughs> it was, it actually was really good. It was really fun. It was a good uh, movie, but, to be fair. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but there we are, Chicken Run. Yeah, but um, but yeah, well done, Anton, on the the logic behind it. It was as sound as anything I could have come up with, and in fact, way more sound than anything I could have come up with. So yeah, uh, it's at war now. On the chase know, to the finale. I know. Two, two in it. That's incredible considering last year's efforts. So, um, yeah, I'll be happy whatever happens from now on in. 
I do love it. Uh, I know a lot of the patrons who listen to it, they say that they play along as well. I imagine most people listening play along. I'd love yeah. to know what other people are at. I wonder if anyone has got every single one straight out of the bat. Oh, there'll be somebody. I mean, it, it'll be like, you know, sort of Anton's mentor. I don't know who that is, but, but Anton's mentor would have got them all. So I don't know who your mentor is, Anton, but... Um, you know. Can't give away my sources. <laughs> <laughs> Can't give away your trade secrets. Um, that's just about it for this week's episode. Uh, it's been a bit of a long one because we've got lots and lots of stuff to tell you about. Uh, once again, nsukp.co.uk, head there. You get all the details about how you can sign up and support us even more. We really appreciate you for listening. Uh, if you are a patron, we appreciate you. And if, if not, then we appreciate you too. So uh, if you want to check us out, then that is the website. We've also got a YouTube, Anton. Indeed, that is NSUK Podcast, and that applies for Twitter and Facebook as well. If you've been enjoying the show, which I hope you have, having made it this far into the show, uh, we're coming to the end of season four soon, so do let us know your thoughts and feedback that, you know, we're always up for improving as we move forward into 2023 and beyond, so do get in touch. That's a good point. That means we must be coming up for the uh, the awards. Ooh. Oh, Indeed. yeah, of very it's exciting. so weird for me it feels so fragmented because I've been off the show so much this year that it, it doesn't feel real that we're actually near the end of the year but um, no you're absolutely right and uh, very much looking forward to getting my teeth into just sorting out a few things behind the scenes before the next season I'm kind of already excited about that maybe some new music in there don't worry we won't change the theme tune that would be awful did you know question for you to finish on Only Fools and Horses um, the theme tune they had a different theme tune for season one I did not remember that. I may have known that, but definitely didn't remember. Well, it's it's been subsequently changed on all the DVDs and things in, in sort of the versions we would have seen. But originally it was a completely different theme tune. So you should go and listen to it because it's quite funny because it's very upbeat and very kind of brass heavy um, and very different. So there we Anton, are. Anton, Only Fools and Horses was a TV show. <laughs> mm, yes. Um, a TV was a thing that we used to have before we had uh, laptops. <laughs> they were deep and had a cathode ray. Uh, or CRT cathode ray something or scope in it what was it again I, I, um, CRT cathode ray yeah, chip yeah. tube yeah, yeah just CRT, yeah. Yeah. CRT, yeah. CRT tube yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to used to warm up you know. like my um, in my studio I have a valve tube uh, preamp that, that I have to turn on for half an hour before I can use it <laughs> just to get um, up and uh, actually turn manual we did have an old TV you had to crank the channel that's like, right yeah knob mm-hmm. around to change channel yeah. wasn't even buttons back then it was cranking knob <laughs> I know, but that was what it was like in the 60s, Al. So, you know, from, from, from what you've told us. Um, that is it for this week. We'll be back again. Once again, if you are a patron, we'll see you in the Discord. And uh, thank you once again for listening. And we will see you soon. Goodbye. Cheerio. Au revoir.